1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
3: Reach
0: new career heights with University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business. Flexible MBA and MS options. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more at go.umd.edu smithschool School. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired, fearless, unstoppable.
3: I'm Paul John Dykes. I am joined by Declan McConville and oh. the one and only JP Mason. We are live. I was just saying to Declan, JP, your diary is always so full to the brim that you'll be running about making yourself a wee last-minute brew.
4: Not well, I was, uh, but uh, not 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 quite full to the brim yet. Not got gigs back uh, just as yet, but almost
3: well i mean we we've spoken about it you know, blow by blow j p over the last few weeks, and it's great to know that um in terms of the live venue um industry and also live football, it does look as though're we kind of over the worst of that, doesn't it?
4: I'd like to think so yeah and we we were we were kind of giving a heads up that that might be the case and uh and so it came to pass the other day so that can wait i mean uh, i was uh, like Declan, I was bizarrely uh, called upon by the mainstream media, um, tin hat on firmly, uh, and uh, asked for my opinion on uh, crowds returning to the football the other day. So I ended up, uh, I was up at six o'clock in the morning to be on uh, a couple of radio stations uh, to give my opinion. I actually managed to get a Mission Impossible 2 reference in as well, which is uh, one of my favourite action films of the early noughties, uh, a John Woo classic. Because uh, I described uh this particular hiatus as being like uh a mission difficult. Um whereas the, the last the last hiatus of eighteen months was mission impossible. So um Love it. <laughs> you know. Love
3: it, mate. but yeah, as you say, get the tin hat on if you've been doing all that stuff for the mainstream. I mean, there's Declan up in the top left there, You know, national broadcast wearing the hoops. Well done, Deck. Well done, young man.
5: Requested. Requested to wear the hoops, by the way. That was not by my own admission. That was a BBC request to wear the hoops. Was it? Superb.
3: Right. Tremendous, it's great because uh, as I say, I mean, we're back we are back and we're going to be talking about the game the other night, we're going to be talking about this Saturday's game, strange kick-off time but we'll be covering it in any case and uh, the incomings, the outgoings, be that transfers or injuries, there's loads to talk about as always in the world of Celtic and also Scott Brown will be making a guest appearance as well, not in person but uh, as a subject on this particular show. So let's kick it off with the the transfer gossip, uh, which seems to be more than gossip, Declan McConville, Matt O'Reilly. It wasn't that long ago we were talking about Riley McGree, now it's uh, Matt O'Reilly. He looks like a great fit once again for this style of football that Ange is implementing.
5: Yeah, I think, you know, after the summer window uh, bangs shut, Paul, we looked at that midfield, you know, position, the three players in there and we could see how short they were. We had James McCarthy obviously coming in, a guy that hadn't played a lot of football, we had been out for such a long time, in you know, club, um, we had guys going in there you know we, we had to trust Neon Beaton to go back into midfield which I think for a lot of Celtic fans was a bit of a, a risk to an extent because of his poor performances that we'd seen so many times at centre back but you know been one of the outstanding performers this season Big Nero and then there was obviously the worry that you know Tommy Rodjick or David Tumble would pick up an injury and we'd been left mm-hmm. so short in that position and then we'd be counting guys coming in like Soro kind of going to the six to let McGregor go into the, you know, a wee bit further forward. But since we've added in Adaguchi and Hatati, who I'm sure we'll talk about later on, um, we just look a lot more solid in there. And O'Reilly coming in gives us a kind of four more defensive type players, even though I'm a wee bit hesitant to call. Calmak, a, a defensive midfielder, you know, he kind of does play in that deeper role under Ange's system and it gives us those four kind of forward players and gives us just a wee bit of flexibility in that position now, which is going to be key going forward, because we're going to need to use the squad. We've got so many games coming up, eh, both domestically and obviously that game against Bordeaux-Glimp. So it's going to be key to have plenty of bodies in there, and I think this will be a strong addition to the team going by his stats, which Alan Morrison sent Mm. a wee bit on. eh, I think you can check that out somewhere, but eh, it looks like a good fit for for Ferran Postercoglu's team.
3: He does, Matt. my eye was taken away from you there for a second deck with that tremendous mug that uh, JP is using. It's uh, King Tuts. It's obviously it's oh, a don't... day for branded mugs. We've got Kyogo in there. We'll go spiritualised there and King Tut's down the bottom. I wouldn't expect any less for you, JP, to be honest with you. Um, By the way, JP, one of the bands that's appearing at King Tut's is Willie Doug. He will be appearing very soon. He was on our Unplugged session. I'm going to plug that because it was one of the best sessions that we've done. So thank you for the recommendation, JP Mason. I thought he was tremendous. And what a storyteller as well.
4: Yeah, I watched it it all last night. I'd watched a bit of it, but I watched it all last night and... uh... He comes across really well, but I mean, he always has done. I've known him for probably about 16, 17 years, something like that, uh, which is quite mental to think. But uh, I've seen him play every in-house, out-house, doghouse in Edinburgh. uh, Plenty of festivals as well. Wicker Man Festival, he was great at that. Um, Played late night after the the Wicker Man was burned. uh, And he played this kind of set at midnight and. Oh, my, my friend Scott that I took, he said it was uh, the best thing he's ever seen at a festival. So, high praise, um, and yeah, really nice guy, and 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 uh, hopefully picks up some new uh, fans and people that like his stuff after that after that mm-hmm. session.
3: Well, he's got one sitting right here in the deck. If you've not watched that, I know you're a Beatles man. The final song is called "Don't Mess with the Walrus. The song's almost as good as the story behind the song. So check it out everybody who's uh, into their music. Have a look at that, Sesh. I'm coming down at yourself because what a difference! Uh, deck was talking about the stats, and um, I've read a lot uh, online. There's a great Twitter thread actually from one of the statos. They don't mind us calling them stato, eh? I mean, that was the guy on Fantasy Football who was a bit of a geek, but. St- Being a stat was no longer geekery. It's part of the modern game. And you're talking about how well fitted he will be to a team that um, has... A loaded possession I think that's one of the biggest things A lot of players um, aren't used to having that kind of possession Being on the back foot A la James McCarthy Crystal Palace Playing a defensive system Coming into an Ange team It's almost like a complete break In the rhythm that he's been used to But it sounds as though, JP He is going to be um, well fitted to Ange's team Matt O'Reilly And what a difference that makes When you're actually bringing in every specific player To fit part of a game plan
4: I can't actually get my head around the fact that we're going after you know these targets that you know you have people coming out raving about them. You know it's not these you know, guys that you, you can't get any background on them. Immediately there's background on them, and well the Riley McGree background was positive. I'd never heard of the guy. I've never I'd never heard the Matt O'Reilly either. Um, the first thing that came to mind the Matt O'Reilly when I heard the surname was the the faulty tower sketch. I don't know if you remember that. It's a, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> we are orally men, and he's just like, "What are you talking about, Manuel?" And then he goes, "Oh, O'Reilly O'Reilly then, yeah." So there you go. That's a, a, a very, very old reference going back about two generations. So.
3: Deck dick got it, which was good. Deck no, no, definitely no, got it. I, I think, think that's
5: the, is that the builders episode, Jay? The builders episode. <laughs> yeah. Deck, Deck goes for pints with Jerry Mcnee.
4: I mean, th- there you. That's 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 a. Uh, I remember that came to pass last night
3: and many others and many and others JP many it
4: others it blows my mind because Declan won't remember Jerry McNee on the telly oh but I
3: know i know.
4: He was like, I've got his books
5: though so, oh, got some enough. of his books so that Jimmy McGrory book uh, I think Paul, John you've got one in the, the studio there it's quite hard to come by now but um, his stories and tales in Jimmy McGrory are fascinating because this is the guy that sat down with arguably Celtic's greatest ever player Celtic's greatest ever goal scorer certainly and his stories are just, you know, piling that book together and talking to Jimmy McGrory. He's fascinating.
3: It is. But as JP mentioned there, he was such a part of my um, growing up period supporting Celtic, watching them on the telly Saturday night, Sunday afternoon, JP, and that voice. You know, when right. I'm watching the old videos, I'm doing the retro series at the moment and a lot of those games are being commentated on. That's the one. Brilliant. Yeah, Rickner, what what's a cover Saturday. as well. Yeah. Don't yeah, you just love that? Gerald. Yes. Um and you hear him, you hear Jock Brown, Archie McPherson, all the classics. But it was
4: the it was the Lil Z guy on Twitter that posted, you know, he does the On This Day mm-hmm. and he did it On This Day for today, and it was the Ten and sixties. Did so today, 30 years ago, Celtic won the 10 and sixties.
3: <laughs> Brilliant.
4: He posted a clip of um the players going up to get the trophy and they've got the 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 people's home strip on like and I was at that. Right? I can't. I don't think I was there because it was on for two days and I think I was there the day before. So it would be like the, the initial rounds or whatever it was. I can't even remember the makeup of it. But as their players are going up, he starts talking like dead seriously as if they're collecting like a major unit trophy or something like that. He's like, John Collins, the, the joy on John Collins' face. And then he goes, uh, he goes Tony Cascarino collecting his prize. And then he says, uh, uh, Gordon Marshall. He goes, Gordon Marshall,
5: the outstanding goalkeeper of the tournament. <laughs> because
3: so- so Mar- Marshall's wearing the black, the, the change goalkeeper strip with all the, the, the wee blocks on it. Brilliant. I remember it well, mate. I remember watching it, not knowing the result. Uh, did we beat St. Johnston 4-2? That's from memory. Aye, 4-2. Brilliant. But I, I always thought it
5: was
4: amazing seeing the players wearing trainers. Because you know. you all you'd seen of a football player was him in a football kit. 'Cause back in those days you didn't really get to see much pictures of them like in their, their normal gear. So to see them wearing like white I don't
3: know, high-tech trainers or something. <laughs> high-tech, high-tops. The thing is, JP, when you're watching it as well, you're thinking, imagine a professional football club allowing their players to be playing that level because they were getting stuck in, right? The injuries that we've had this season, during a season we just send them to play the at sixes. I can't yeah. see that returning anytime soon. It was good, though. It was definitely good. And it was during a really dark, bleak period in Celtic's history.
4: Sorry, I went off piece there. Uh, you asked me about uh, O'Reilly and I started talking about in the 10 and 60s, but it can happen. Um, no, uh, the uh, O'Reilly signing is interesting because it's just, again, it's come out of nowhere. It's not somebody I'd heard of, but from everything you're reading, it does sound like he's going to fit the profile of what we need. And, I mean, it's pretty obvious that if we didn't get Riley McGree, he was obviously in the market for somebody or somebody of that, um elk, you know, that position. So you're not just gonna just go, oh well, we'll just give up. We've got, you know, however many days left of the transfer window. We're not just gonna go, oh well, we didn't get him, we'll not bother going in for anybody else. But I think I said this last week, you know, if there he's got a list of targets, clearly, mm-hmm. and they're all, you know, his his targets. So it'll be a case of like, okay, Riley well, McGree didn't work, we'll move on to the next one. And it's good that we're Obviously, maintaining the the quality levels and on, on on the signing targets, um, and the, the things are happening quickly. You know, I think it's I think the way that he reacted last week to the media in terms of saying whatever comes out tomorrow is is not true. And I think in in order to do that, he's been like, right, if we go for some we go for somebody and we get them in quick. And it's and it's there's none of this protracted saga of Willie he, won't he? You know, is there other clubs or anything like that? I mean. We definitely gone out for this guy O'Reilly and just been like, right, that's it. We've got him. There's no, mm. you know, over this. Um, and it's when you add it into what I saw on Monday night, it's it's pretty exciting. And I think it's also with an eye on the Rangers game on the second of February because I don't think we're going to call for that to be held I don't think I don't think it's going to be our call, put it that way, um, because it's now looking like there's going to be a lot more players from the other side that we'll be missing rather than ourselves. And I think I think we could cope without Tom Robert Tom Rogic, especially based on his performance on Monday, because I didn't think he was very good. Controversial. Sorry to be critical of a of a player after a win, but I didn't think Rogic had his best games. Um, that, uh,
3: that's that's fair comment. And and you know, since the game quite a few comments have come in, JP saying the same, but I think the key to that is when you're bringing in more quality, which Ange undoubtedly is, you can get away. You're not relying so much on that one person to unlock a defence. And, you know, time and time again, we have been relying on Tommy Rogic, And, you know, against um, it, against Hibs in the first game at Easter Road when he went off we didn't have that creativity and yeah we managed the game and we won the game and it was comfortable enough uh, Easter Road 3-1 we just didn't have the creativity so for him to be off the boil on Monday night but for us still to be able to create openings I think that speaks volumes now a couple of things you've said there JP I'm going to throw this to deck Uh, yeah he did say the other other day there about the, the transfer dealings now that's in stark contrast to the way he was talking near the beginning of the season where he was saying that the transfers weren't being done quickly enough. So yeah. it does seem as though there's a relationship being built up, and I'm going to say between Nicholson and, and, uh, and also Ange, but certainly behind the scenes when we're talking about transfers.
5: Yeah, I think, you know, how many times have we seen Celtic mess about press the pause button, wait, go back to deals, whereas just now it seems we acted swiftly, we brought the three players from Japan and before January had even kicked off they were all done on the 31st of December that was a good sign um, I, I think Michael probably knows now that, that they can't you know, message about because he is their man, he is the Celtic supporters man, the unity between the manager, the players and the support is so strong just now, I mean, you know, being in that stadium like Jai Purepool, probably can be mean the unity and the energy there, I know it was the first game back, but it's just so strong just now. And it was just almost like a kind of perfect Monday evening. The fans were behind the team. The football was great. I mean, I thought the first half was absolutely sensational. Um, we really went at the game. And I think the board now know that they need to support him. Ange will probably be getting annoyed because he's now, you know, we're, we're into a, a real run of games here. Every game's crucial. Next Wednesday evening is going to be crucial at so It's a massive, massive game for us. And he's probably sick of talking about players. And as well as that, with his comments in mind, it just kind of dampened the flame. in any rumours that were going to happen for two, three days, then bang, uh, O'Reilly's name pops up. There he's in Glasgow today. He's meant to be completely his medical by, and um, it's completed. And he should be a Celtic player within the next 24 hours. Um, Hopefully, this won't be a, a clip that's edited up but if he doesn't sign, but <laughs> I'm pretty confident on this one that he rolls. Uh, if, if they do clip uh, it, they might leave that bit. Uh, um, <laughs> can I just read out these uh, stats for Alan? No, Paul, I hope he yeah. doesn't mind. We're doing this, but um, in terms of the, the data, top rated central midfielder in League One, uh, and who scored 13th in tackles attempted, 4th in key passes, 2 tackles, 1.5 intercepts per game first and attempted passes seems a genuine all-rounder. I think it's also important that it's kind of signing players that do fit that mode of play. It's something that Brentford and Midgieland and other teams have did. That's something we heard Don McKay talk about when he came in initially about looking towards clubs like that. Clubs that are fuelled with their transfers with data analysis and stuff. And um, the Department of Transfers just now seem to have really got their act together. I don't think it's just Ange. I think his agent, Frank Tremboli probably has a big part in this. But the
2: Based on Cox analysis of Ookla test Intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit Cox.com/internet for details.
5: The, the, the dealings that are happening look good. I just hope that we can try and shift a bit of the the dead wood out the building still, because I do imagine guys that ball and goalie and Bardcast, you no, know, yeah, if he's injured just now. That might be one that we struggle with. Are all in very good wages, um, so I think to possibly make way for even more. We might need to get a few of those guys out the building, but in terms of transfer strategy, so far, spot on, and credit to Michael Nicholson.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And what was the name of Angie's agent, Frank Trimboli? Sounds like a character out of a gangster movie. Do you go for a drink with him as well in the West End? No no no, 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 no. He's one of the few, he doesn't. He's he? too busy. He's too busy for you, right? So I'm looking at that situation that we've got there. Again, um, you know, a clause in the contract allows us to get them for one point five. So it looks like it's gonna be value for money. That's another thing, JP, when you look at the three players coming in from Japan, the value when you look at the the fact that we've spent about five million euros on the three players combined. Yeah, that, that's astonishing value when you look at the performances.
4: But then I meant to say this last week. That there's there was a report from a prominent uh Red top media uh, uh, partner that said uh, that we were a big spending Celtic in the in the transfer window. I mean, I don't really think you could call us a big spending in this transfer window. Three players, like you say, for for the thick end of five million quid is to me is not big spending. If we were laying out, you know, I would say, you know, the the, the summer of uh, twenty 2020 twenty into twenty twenty one season when we when we were, you know, we bought a yeti. Barkas for five million apiece and were you know, big money I big money for laxalt and Duffy wages. That's that was big spending, but it wasn't spent correctly. And mm-hmm. you don't know you don't know the, 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 the whether the manager at that time had any interest in those players or if he was just handed them after a series of knockbacks on previous uh, attempts and players, like the guy for Sampdoria was at Collie from Santoria in yeah. the center half yeah mm-hmm. the center half and then uh, the, 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 Ivan Tony I don't want to mention him because he scored last night against Man United but um he, you know he, him as well apparently he was in the building why did that not happen so so you know they, that's that was big spending at that time and this this time it's I would say, far more prudent um and with regards to the to players going out I think we might struggle to get you know um the guys that we want to move on, you know, for their sakes as much as ours. You know, it's there's no point in them sitting there, um, not playing football. It's it's it feels it kind of feels a bit championship manager when you're sitting there, with guys not playing. You know, you're just kind of there's like, you know, no point in these guys being here. That, you know, I might as well you know move them on to another club so that so that they can play elsewhere. But I, I don't know if this window might be a tricky one. Like you know, like Declan said, if a Yeti's carrying an injury. There's not going to be exactly, you know, a lot of knocks at the door for for him, mm-hmm. and and Barca's is a bit of a niche position uh, goalkeeper, high wages, probably only going to be attracting interest in certain certain countries, I would have thought, um, and you know, it's your chance of whatever that that that, happens, that comes out.
3: Yeah, well, we looking at those. Um players on that list, JP, and I think uh, at least three of them will probably be on all of our lists in terms of ones that you want to leave the building but I was just thinking back to what you were saying about Jimmy McGrory earlier there, Declan, he was one of those Celtic players that when we talk about him, those of a certain vintage uh, call him by his entire name including his middle name, James Edward McGrory, mm. Charles Patrick Tully, Daniel Fergus McGrain. there's a few players that fall into that category and I wonder why, I think it's a respect thing, isn't it when the old team are talking about these guys from the past and they give you their full name middle name the lot
5: yeah I don't know what Kyogo's middle name is or uh, Real hatati maybe it's something I think we might all need to learn because if they continue performances that they're doing these guys might be falling into that category at one point but I always just to find it really interesting Paul um, Bertie always used to refer to Jimmy McGrory as the boss um, because it was uh, Jimmy McGrory that signed him um, and that was obviously for a lot of lines it was Jimmy McGrory that signed them and created that uh, you know magnificent team that that went on to become the Lisbon Lions, all but but one being a uh, wispy. So yeah, I think it's just a a respect thing for for all the kind of older timers that they that they called the the manager, um either the boss or, or Mr. McGrory, et etc.
3: Yeah absolutely Now one other thing Before we move on This is going back To your mainstream TV Performance the other day There Dick Did you actually consider What you were going to Put on that shelf I noticed that the Beatles uh, Are not there today But they were there The other day Did you Did you place that On there deliberately
5: Yeah You know what I mean Through lockdown I think they all Get bored of the bookcases Didn't we? And they just we did. Uh, You know Rotten Whereas you know JP's set up And I've got this Like kind of McCartney Bible That came out At, at Christmas time There it's got every single tune in it which is he's, he's penned and there's a story behind every song of it. So for any Beatles or wings or McCartney fans out there, I think that's the closest you're gonna to get to um a kind of autobiography by, by the former Beatle because he just doesn't seem to be interested in it. Whereas this is a kinda of better insight through the through the years from his very first tune, um, I've lost my little girl, I think it's called right through to, you know, some of his more recent stuff, so yeah, if you're a Beatles fan or a McCartney fan, it's definitely one to check out.
4: I, I need to chime in here, I need to tell you something that uh, I, I found a bunch of letters from my, my dad uh, to my mum, my mum kept them, right, so this is like at the start of when they, you know, started going out with each other, and they found the first letter and they spelt her name wrong, and then obviously the subsequent letters, her name was spelled correctly. So he, he missed the E and the N, and her uh, surname was Sibilska, and if you're Polish, you wouldn't say Cybilski. You know, with an I at the end, you have to change it to an A. So he called her Anne Cybilski, which was obviously promptly changed in the second letter. But in the second letter, he's just talking about what's going on. I mean, the way that he's written letters are amazing, like the way, the, the words that he uses and things like that. But he says, uh, so this, bear in mind, this letter is dated the 10th of October 1969. And he says, I've just bought the new LP by the Beatles. It's really good. Right? And I'm like,
5: that's <laughs> Abby Rhodes. <laughs>
2: that's
5: that's Abby Rhodes he's talking about.
4: <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> amazing. Blew my, blew my mind that I, he was talking about a, a current release by the Beatles, which just happens to be one of the best albums of all time. And uh, Monte, if you're watching, uh, it's not soft, P-I-S-H, uh, it's brilliant
3: so it's a real deal it certainly is i love all that nostalgia i really do what a, what a thing to have in your possession as well jp tremendous now again we do digress from time to time on a thursday declan i know you're you're here uh you've got a wee emergency loan deal to the thursday today you're going back to tuesday next week but uh we do talk about f- football music a wee bit of telly but when i see this from john duncan obviously that big chant Celtic 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 right it takes me back to that episode of Cracker can you remember this now you threw it through in the faulty Towers reference so I'm going to throw in mm-hmm. a Cracker reference and it's Robert Carlell who's playing the Liverpool <laughs> yeah to be a someone broken yeah, that's it's amazing good. Oh, yeah. what a clip. It must be on YouTube and Coltrane walks into the interview room and he's singing a Liverpool song and he gets in his face and starts giving him the big Celtic chant. I loved it. Superb. I'm not sure if Coltrane is a Celtic fan. What do you reckon? Is he a Rangers fan?
5: Never. Sure. I never found out. Oh, just as long as I never did a Sean Connery because I watched that video you put up the other week there and he's, you know, old Sean, uh, Mr. Cassidy and then, you know, a couple of years later there he is beside Murray. So, yeah, hopefully I never did that.
3: I know. The thing with that, again, and it might be my mind playing tricks on me because it does happen, Dick. Did Sean Connery, when he was a guest of David Murray, did he wear a Rangers tie? I don't know. In I my mind, he did. I,
4: like,
3: yeah.
4: I think it was it was standard issue, isn't it? Brown
3: brogues tie. Mm-hmm. Out. don't and say that's, that the the way you get the election's
5: going to end up in the bin don't say that <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> no but you're right he was waxing lyrical about the 40s and the 50s and Willie Fermi being his favourite player and Charlie Tully and him. A Dalglish, yeah. Yeah. And next thing you know he's, he's in the boardroom at Rangers Unbelievable um, When we're looking at the the arrival uh, Matt O'Reilly I don't know when he'll be unveiled But it's looking likely Anthony Joseph said it's happened as well um, Stephen McGowan said yesterday it's on its, it's on its way It's in the post um, And we're looking at some of the players You already mentioned guys that are on their way out I've got a list of four right, And the four are pretty obvious It's uh, badcast Ayete, Bolling Golly. And I would also move on Sorrell for a lot of the reasons we've already explained. I don't think he fits that same kind of um makeup, the same style of player that is looking for, um, in terms of being comfortable with so much possession, moving the ball quickly, uh, winning the ball back quickly if we do lose it to to prevent that um attack to defense transition. But then McCarthy, is he creeping into that list? And we we tend to write write that idea off by saying, ah, but he's got a four year deal. Does he really fit that mould? I'll come to you first, Dick.
5: I think for Ismail Asoro, I think his career needs to move on um, and it's not going to happen at Celtic. He's still fairly young in terms of football terms. Um, we've obviously got Scott Robertson to come back too in this, mm-hmm. summer, which is going to be interesting what happens to him. I see that's just popped up in a comment there from, from Brown Warrior. So, again, he's going to come back into contention. But uh, on McCarthy, I thought in his last game for Celtic up it's St. Johnson, he played really well. Um is he an Ange player? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if, if Ange was completely behind that sign and you know, we were linked with McCarthy for it seemed to be every single uh, transfer window in the summer. So I, I don't really know about James McCarthy. I don't think you'd get another club that would be willing to take him on at this point in time either. He's not did anything at Celtic to suggest he would he would get a move and had Celtic not come in um, for him in the summer, the possibility he'd still be a free agent just now. So... Um, I think that the other guys that you mentioned, oh, you know, Paul, you know, Bollingoli, Barkas, Ayeti and Sodo are the, the ones we'd all expect. But you know, as JP touched on earlier, it's whether there's suitors out there that want these players. We certainly won't recoup anything near five million pounds for Barkas and a, a Yeti and Bollingoli was three and a half million, you know, I think we'll forget that it was a fair whack um coming in as KT's replacement. And all these guys, you know, you don't sign for those kind of fees and not be probably upwards of fifteen thousand pounds a week. Don't have a clue what any of them are on, um, but you know, probably combining those three together, you're talking the best end of forty grand a week, which could be spent. Uh, and better positions are trying to offer guys like Vickers or, or Jota permanent deals.
3: Must be frustrating, JP, for somebody like Ange to be sitting there and we're bleeding fifty grand a week on a few players, and and there's other guys lined up, guys he knows can come into the team and fit his system.
4: Aye, le- legacy signings. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what they're called? I mean, yeah, the McCarthy one still kind of baffles a bit because he's, he's, it was his fitness more than anything that, that everybody was worried about. I don't think anybody had any qualms about what he could do with a football or without a football. Um, uh, but, you know, just his as, uh, as fitness levels, I mean, that we spoke about it when he signed. I said, you know, at the time, I said, well, if, if at the end of the season he's sitting there with 30, 40 appearances this season, he'll have contributed. But I mean, what is he sitting at right now? Nowhere near that, you know. And we're we're over halfway through the the league season, and uh, for a variety of reasons, I guess probably fitness and injury, that's meant that he's not contributed. So that doesn't really equate to value for money at this moment in time. You know, if you're being cold about it, um, uh, it's, it's it's not quite. And I know I know players take time to settle in, but I mean he's. He's not exactly, you know, from the other side of the world. He's, he's he's you know, we've seen Japanese players come in and absolutely, you know, immediately make an impact. So it's it's not about settling in really for him, it's more about getting his fitness in order and, and avoiding injury. Um mm-hmm. and, and that midfield's gonna be a really tough place to get into, isn't it? You know, with with O'Reilly coming in, Hitati coming in and I thought Hatati was very, very good. I don't know if I go as far as to say he was outstanding. You know, the it was, the next day it was like he was the second coming of Christ.
5: And he it, is. Are talking about J.P.? Um, <laughs> no,
4: nah, I'm not that. I, I, hey, I'm gonna, I'll reserve judgment. I think he was very, very good. I thought he did excellent. I thought his range of passing was brilliant. But it wasn't, It was like people were saying he was a 10 out of 10. I think he was an 8 out of 10. I don't think he was a 10 out of 10. Um that's just me. I admit being controversial, sure people will be like, shut up, what are you talking about? But I, I, I can only say what I see.
3: The thing the thing with that though, JP, another ni- nice 80s reference saying what you see there, uh, that may go over your head, Dick, is... If you see it, uh, say it. No, that yeah, that's it. Uh, um, I don't think we expected it. Well, I certainly didn't expect it from Hitati. I mean, I've, like everybody else when we're bringing in these players from a league I don't have a great knowledge of and I'm going to put that out there because you know I'm so concentrated on Celtic and where we are I didn't have a great knowledge of the the J league right so when you hear these three names like everybody else you do as much research as you possibly can the vast majority of that's online sometimes you bring in export experts like we have done before and speak about the players on the podcast so I think what I had in my own mind was that Hitati was the the least likely to make an instant impact so when he comes on and has a very good game like you say it almost heightens that a wee bit and I think that maybe I have reacted in the same way because I thought he had a great game if I was to maybe go back and watch it um it, it may well be that he kind of took me by surprise I thought yeah. I, did, I did think he was excellent but he was the one I had kind of graded myself as the least likely to make an impact to the three players
2: mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.
0: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
5: I understand that because obviously Ange had uh, made a, a Yokohama mm-hmm. and the had made that move over to Leeds and had kind of, you know, um taken that step forward in his career to, to come over to the UK and, and have a go. But, you know, I, I thought Hitate, um, I'm not going to disagree with J.P. that one. I'm getting him nine, nine and a half. I thought it was sensational. I nudged my cousin in five minutes and I said to Gary, I said, he's a player by the way, I said, watch this. And she just, you know, I get what J.P. saying because at times some of his passes weren't coming off and whatever, but. It was just his kinda of, his intelligence to try and play these balls was really impressing me. I mm-hmm. think he will only get good, he's twenty four. I find it really interesting that he's come through the university system mm-hmm. as well in Japan. Um he's not been capped for Japan as of yet. We pray he's not capped for Japan when the second of February comes round and he's mm-hmm. playing in that game. Um but I thought he was sensational and I really think we've got a player in our hands here. And you know, if I was David Turnbull or Tom Rogic, I'd be quite worried if I was both of them because if he keeps those kind of performances up week in, week out, that might not happen. Um, of course, it's just one game. I might be getting ahead of myself here, but I thought it was sensational. I think he's a, a proper
3: a proper Ange baller. An Ange baller, there we go. Uh, corporate debt, McConville. I thought when you nudged the person you were sitting next to, you, you were going to say, what's his middle name? Because this is a baller. <laughs> um, the one thing I also noticed was, very much like Stan Petro. members Petrov played and it looked as though it was raining. He was always dripping in sweat. No matter what game, he must have gone over so much distance. Every game, I was I was really impressed with Hatati's work rate. He was all over the park. And his movement, you know, I think that took me by surprise as well. And I hope, I hope that... Every player we bring in just contributes. That's the big thing. JP made a point there about McCarthy. Um, And I've I've been standing up for McCarthy, I think. I mean, he's made 14 appearances, JP, but he's only played three 90 minutes in a Celtic jersey. Three times, 90 minutes, three times. Uh, And the conversation we had is, I think we were also talking about players in the past, like maybe Beaton, who has gone through several seasons where he's been what you would maybe describe as a fringe player. In the squad, a very successful squad, part of successful teams. But sometimes you, you probably could go through a whole season and say, well, where was he pivotal? What, what did he contribute that, that was memorable? And there's been seasons where you couldn't really pinpoint a, a memorable beat-on performance. And I think what we had said, JP, was at the end of the season, if he's got 30 or 40 games under his belt, then McCarthy's been a decent acquisition. But I can't actually see it as I'm sitting here. And, and of course, we've got another midfield player coming in um, who I think would be ahead of him in the coup. Do you expect more moves or do you think that all depends on getting rid of these guys that are fringe players? JP?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think I think. <clears throat> I think it- our squad is pretty heavy at the moment. Like, is it not something like thirty? At uh, last count, thirty-five. Say, first team players. It's a lot of players and a lot of money uh, going out the door. Um, so there, there has to be some sort of re- re- redress. And I think it only, I think we were all kind of fooled into thinking that we had no players because we had no players because they were all out, either injured or had. Covid or whatever, do you know, or, uh, just before Christmas when we were, as Ange Postacoglu said, we were on fumes, you know, mm. as we have uh, got towards, of course, that's the reason why we uh, we asked for the winter break to be pulled forward. I mean, there's nothing to do with... Sporting getting... integrity, JP. Sporting integrity. Our <laughs> game on Monday we could, and could have been played Wednesday, the 28th of December with 500 fans in it. And then... Oh. And, uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't forget that as I was walking into the ground. Uh, and by the way, I would have missed that game as well, so it would have been annoying too for that fact. But I um, know uh, it was just it, the. Um, I've lost my train of thought now. Going on a bit. I probably went a bit forward. I, the, the, the players that we've got coming back and now suddenly makes us realise that we have got a decent squad. You know, it's just that we haven't been able to call upon a lot of them, and it's a team found out the other night, when you start losing players from your team, key players from your team, it affects your performance and that's been commented on by a lot of the pundits on things that I've been listening to recently, you know, pointing out the fact that, you know, Aribo was missing, Arfield was missing, uh, Davis was missing. It's like, well, that's, it's kind of hard to perform at your optimum level when you're missing players Um, and it was, it was, it was, it was laughed at in December, you know, all hamstrings popping and all of that and everything else and it's just like, well, you know, we've got we got through that period, and we we only dropped two points at, at St Mirren. Now we're getting players back. We've got to be looking to go absolutely full pelt at everybody that comes into our into our path, starting on Saturday, and then obviously more importantly on Wednesday against Harps.
3: Yeah, absolutely, JP. Now there's a point coming in here. <clears throat> Strange Love, the doctor who uh, comments a fair bit on the bulletin. So welcome back to the show you're watching on YouTube. Is Matt Riley even a target as ever? I will believe it when he's in a Celtic shirt and holding the scarf above his head at Celtic Park. Even then, we've been duped in the past. Strange Love, the Don't doctor. Don't see his name. I'm not going to Don't see his name. Paul? He who shall not be named. Imagine we had a broadcast back then. Imagine the fallout from that. Um, but I was looking. Going back to what JP was saying, Tony was in the building. Um, yeah, he was. And we did, a, we did a, a broadcast around about that time. I was looking back and we asked the question, who should we sign out of Tony, Ayeti or Stephen Fletcher? That was the discussion point that day. <laughs> it just shows you, um, you know, we, when we're checking out every single story involving Celtic, how some badly age and some age pretty well. But again, looking at these transfers and how suitable they are, Uh, to the the Ange system. I was just looking back and um, since Ange took over, we have brought in 17 players now. I'm including Joey Dawson in that list, simply because he's played for the first team. Um, Ordinarily, I would have just put him in with the B team because he was was bought as a B team player. 17 players in, that's an incredible turnaround. And, And I think that the strategy is definitely different, although... There's a few of those players that I agree with, JP must have been legacy signings. I mean, Liam Shaw, um, Urugide, perhaps McCarthy would have fallen into that bracket as well. Um, and I think that a lot of this comes down to Angie's dealings with those in charge, Declan. So let's have a wee chat about that. Um, we, we talk about Angie in terms of his dealings with the media. Um, his dealings or his relationship with the fans I mean you know better than than most deck about his relationship with the fans going out with you know for lunch with him Geo and all that kind of stuff but okay. what about his relationship with the board how important is it that he seems to have crafted out a relationship with the people that he needs to craft it out with in terms of Michael Nicholson for example
5: Yeah you just hope it's not just a, a flash in the pan season because if you go back to season 16-17 it looked like the, the manager at that point in time had a good relationship with Peter Lowell and everything was Rosie in the garden and yet we go into Champions League qualifiers the season after that we've got the beat on putting it centre back again so um, this January window is a lot more positive than I think really any that, that Brendan probably had at Celtic even though he probably didn't need to add a lot 16-17 I think that was a window we added the Bowie Kouassian our side if I'm correct I don't know if anybody else came in again a man that was a fair uh, whack of money yeah Um to come into the side but you just hope it's not you know a one season wonder it's from Celtic January should be a window that's key for us in terms of looking towards those those European games whether it's in the Champions League or in the Europa League or Champions League qualifiers whatever it is it should be a key window uh, and I think it's a really important point to touch on that we're buying guys that are, are coming towards the end of their season not halfway through when it's more difficult to get them in we've heard, the rhetoric from Peter Lowell coming out, you know, it was difficult to get players in in January. But, you know, the guys that we've brought in, all three have fitted in perfectly. Um, O'Reilly's halfway through a season at MK Dons, and it looks as if we're, we're going to get that over the line. So it's very important that there's a relationship there between the Chief Executive and, and Ange poster And it's good that he's got a relationship there. There's obviously a relationship as well. From the other board members, um, that they're given uh, Michael the backing in terms of finances to go and to go and give Ange the money he wants to spend. So, as long as it continues, fantastic. But we'll be the judge of that. Come, you know, the summer window, and and after that, and whether they're still giving Ange the support he needs.
3: It's interesting now. Just through discussion, JP, these uh, blasts from the past, these names are dropped and Declan's just dropped kuasi into the mix. Interestingly enough, he's still only 24. He's just turned 24, um, Kuase. And I always, when, when you look at the transfer history of these players, the Celtic move always stands out as an anomaly. You know, you look at a lot of these guys that we brought in for around about that time for the same kind of money. So we buy Kuase for over three million pounds. His previous transfer fees had been forty five k and twenty three k. When we sell them, we, we lose a couple of million quid on them. But it's almost as if these transfers are almost to Celtic are almost anomalies. So I'm glad we've got away from that. Um, you know, method of uh, identifying players and bringing them in uh, on a, you know, a wing and a prayer, and, and every so often one of them working out, but more often than not, you lose a couple of million pounds and you've got to move them on. When you're looking at uh, Ange and his relationship with uh, Nicholson, some of the 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 comments that we've had on this podcast in the past, JP, uh, not you and I specifically, have been that, um, you know, we've always had that kind of like focal point, so we had. Uh, Peter Lowell, a very strong you know presence within Scottish football um who is working at boardroom level. We had Fergus McCann a few years before uh Lowell comes in, and Kevin Graham is always of the view that. He would rather not really have that. He would rather that these people just got about their business and it wasn't all about them and they didn't have to really engage and they just did their job properly. You're much happier, even though um, Michael Nicholson seems to be keeping a low profile, that things are working a lot better than they were before.
4: Yeah, absolutely. As Declan said, you know, that season, you did think everything was harmonious. You know, everybody was sort of very, uh, you know, singing from the same hymn sheet and all that, you know, and then, you know, lo and behold, you find yourself a year or two down the line and, and he's talking about Terminado and, and you know, as soon as you hear that one word, it was... It was and, and also the way that the, the signings changed. It went from being guys like Scott Sinclair, um, uh, Cole, um, Cole Touré, you know, guys that were clearly um, Brendan Rodgers' these guys and then... Mm. All these mm-hmm. signings just start coming out of like thin air. Yeah, yeah. yeah shred. You're just like I've got about a million wingers, and you're just like, how does that change? And that can't be allowed to change again in the way that it did. Yeah, um, because the way things seem right now is that everything has been led by the manager because th- things seem different to how they've been because of him. And, and and I don't know if he's just gone round and giving everybody a shake and going what the hell have you been doing? This is how a football team uh, operates and this is how transfers operate. And, you know, don't give me this list. just ripping up a list in front of them, throwing it away and going, here's a list that me and -and so-and-so have drawn up. These are the guys we want. Forget about your list. Forget about relationships with agents. Forget about, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. None None of that we want. The best players that can come in for Celtic and they can come in ASAP, I'll speak to them. I'll get a, a a view of how they feel with regards to this football club, whether they see it as a moneymaker, whether they see it as a a, a spiritual uh, awakening or a spiritual walk, as mm. Tommy would have liked to have thought of players coming here, you know, understanding what it means to play for the club. I mean, I saw uh, Dyson Maeda's um, Instagram story and he just had filmed the. Uh, somebody did obviously filmed it for him uh, maybe a, a relative or friend or something like that and he'd put it up on his Instagram story which was just filming Celtic Park with the lights the much maligned disco lights at the start and he just had like loads of emojis with the kind of eyes out emojis and to think about what that must feel like to a, to a guy like that I don't know what Yokohama Marino's uh, stadium is like or the atmosphere having never been to Japan obviously um, but I'm going to hazard against that it's nothing like what he saw on Monday night, and and you know he, he said I want I, I I I thought I was going to score I had a I had a vision that I was going to score or something like that or I no I decided I was going to score a goal. and <laughs> somebody, somebody tweeted me Can you decide to score a goal in the morning in the second February? <laughs> um, you know that that that's that's uh, incredible. But I, I just well I've got a moment I just wanted to. Hard back, I like doing an on this day. So on this day, one year ago uh, at Celtic, right, we were, uh, after the Dubai debacle, we were, uh, players obviously had to self-isolate so they didn't get to train properly. And the first game back was a year ago tonight at um, the uh, Tony Macaroni Stadium. (sighs) And the team was Barkas, Taylor, centre half pairing of Duffy and Beaton Uh, Griffiths Sorrow, Turnbull Christie Elianussi Ayer oh no actually Ayer must have been centre-half so Beaton maybe would have been midfield Ayer must have
5: played right back when we were just shoehorning players
4: in where they can can go and obviously you could see that night that there were you know any benefits of the six days in Dubai were long gone because they'd have to self-isolate most of that team had had to self-isolate and you know mirror that with where we're at just now, you know, where we've got this absolute enthusiasm for the team. The players are all hopefully fit, um, and you know we, we're not carrying you know the level of of, of injury and I guess just um, disarray that we were in at that point because it was that 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 month last last year, having also been one of the worst months for me personally just in the whole pandemic, I, I, the, the, the January. 2021 was, was horrendous just because it felt like nothing had changed. We'd, we'd turned into the new year, nothing had changed. We were still in lockdown and Celtic, you know, to add, to add insult to injury, we were just in a complete mess. And we were just watching everything unravel in front of us and, it was just it was
3: you felt helpless as well, JP. Yeah. We're talking about the the beauty of being at Celtic Park and the experience of that, but there is an importance there of the the fan base and the energy levels and the positivity that that can create. And Celtic missed it. There's no doubt about it. You brought it up. You were you were probably you know mocked at the time. You brought that up as being one of the elements, a big element for Celtic at the time. But when you look at even just other nights, team. Correct me if I'm wrong, the only players that Ange hasn't brought in from the starting lineup were Taylor, Rogic, Callum McGregor and James Forrest. Yeah. Four four players from the starting eleven. So then you start to see the transformation from that team that JP's just read out there to the team that we've got here. And by the way, some tremendous individuals that are rated very, very highly. But you know, the, the way that we've been able to transform this team, I hope and I think that um that return to form. You know, with regards to the transfers, where Comper's popping up and Sved's popping up, and it's quite clear the manager didn't want them in the club. I mean, Sved, because he said so in that interview, and and Comper, because he he played them for 60 minutes against Morton. I mean, what other indication could there be that that was not a Brennan Rodgers signing? And as long as we don't get back to that kind of process, and I don't think we will, whilst the biggest decision-maker is no longer making that type of decisions, then we can look ahead uh, rather than worry that um, this will come to an end and I hope it doesn't uh, come to a Terminado style end Uh, Keepers let's talk a wee bit about the Keepers end because obviously Bain's been given a contract
2: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details this
0: week on the marketers report Patrizio spagnoletto global chief marketing officer direct to consumer for warner brothers discovery weighs in on building trust
3: to, to move him on but I'm sure there's efforts uh, to move him on and Hazard of course we've found a, a loan deal for a year he is now the second goalkeeper that we've got loans out along with Ross Duhan, and we've got the two young players who have been playing for the, the B team Declan are you quite happy that um, uh, Toby and Mullen are going to be our backup behind Hart and Bain quite happy with
5: that I, I certainly think that the, the decision to give Scott being a, a new contract in 2024 I think it is as part of it's kind of being dubbed as project, you know, Project Toby Miami um. But you know, there is still a concern there for me, Paul. That if Touchwood um Joe Hart picked up any injury, I don't know how confident I would be mm. of Scott being stepping into the team. Um, and that you know probably goes back like a few years ago now. When we were probably really happy with the backup goalkeeper, you know, you maybe seen Doris Devries and him and Gordon were kind of switching about a wee bit, um. So, I'm, actually, I'm talking rubbish. When Foster came in, you obviously had Gordon still there, so we're probably quite happy with that at the time. But um, yeah, I, I certainly think given being the extension is due to the fact that we're going to probably look at bringing, uh, Oliver Yemi and the, the side at one point. Duty has you know he's been in the Europa League squads, etc. Um, Hazard, I think, his contract in the back of that cup final. Um, and yeah, if. I Joe Hart get injured would I be confident that Scott being coming at the team I don't know I think we just need to see how that played out but um, certainly I don't think it helped Scott being last season that the the four or the three or whatever five that we were playing in front of him changed every week the centre half pern changed every week so there could be a bit more confidence instilled in him but um, he's certainly nowhere near the level of Joe Hart so We'll see how this goes. As long as Joe Hart keeps fit, I'll be quite happy with it,
3: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, pound for pound, so far for me, JP, the best signing we've made this season. Um, and I know how great Jota's been and, and I know how great Kyogo and everybody else that's made an, an impact has been. But uh, Joe Hart, for me, has just been a revelation. Um, I mean, the way he was testing that ball down the other night, just so confident. And this is a player who, they reckons, you know, there was, a, there was a whole host of goalkeepers back in the day um, when the back pass rule came in, um, you know, it changed things for a lot of goalies, didn't it, JP? And a lot of goalkeepers suffered. Similarly, where a lot of teams starting to play out from the back, goalkeepers who, previously that didn't really have an issue, it created an issue in their game. And this is a guy who's chesting the ball down, you know, 40 yards out of his goal and he's looking so confident, uh, so influential at the back. But I share the the concerns and the reservations that Declan's got when it comes to the backup. What's, where are you with the goal? We've got seven goalkeepers at the moment, although two of them are out on loan um and obviously i'm i'm pretty sure we'll be making efforts to get broadcast out as well are you quite happy with the goalie situation as it stands
4: uh, yeah obviously because the likelihood of a goalkeeper touch a lot of with here <laughs> uh, the likelihood of a goalkeeper getting injured is 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 minimal you know like it's usually only anything to do with their uh, you know a collision or something like that or a or, or a hand injury you know it's it, you know very rare that a goalkeeper is going to do his hamstring, is it? I mean, I mean, who knows in air training? Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's likely, but um, no, I think you know you're comfortable with Joe Hart. Scott Bain getting a new deal. I don't, I, I don't really know why there was such negativity online about that. It was, it was, you know, again, you know, somebody will probably say, or you know, you know, you get a small violin out, you know, but I mean, I just don't, I, I didn't see that and go, oh, I'm going to write a negative tweet about Scott Bain getting a new contract, I just kind of went, well, you know, if he's prepared to be a backup goalkeeper, if he's willing to sort of be that guy that is just there, a la, I think it was mentioned yesterday, Lucas Zaluska or mm. Logan Bailly or, you know, De Vries or whoever, if he, if he's happy with his lifestyle at Celtic, which is obviously going to be a good lifestyle, you, you know, you're not going to slate a guy for, you know, being the backup keeper at Celtic or a backup keeper at Celtic on reasonably good money. You look at his past career where he was before, this mm-hmm. is the biggest it's ever going to get probably now for Scott Bain. No disrespect to them to him. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, I am not I'm not overly um concerned about that. It is a bit of a concern if if Hart was to to get some sort of long term injury. But I think the defence is in a stable enough place now, you think, to cope with you know, maybe a couple of games here and there if, if Bain was to have to come in, um, and then if Barkas goes either this window or the next, we'll, we'll definitely look to probably strengthen in the in the goalkeeper area and provide competition. But on Hazard's move to Helsinki, that's a hell of a move for him. Just not sure about football in terms, but lifestyle. I mean, I've been lucky enough to be go to Helsinki once. I had a day off there before a gig, and it's just an amazing place. You know, it's a mm. really nice. A really nice city and uh, full of beautiful people, um, male and female. So he'll uh, it will, certainly it will enjoy himself there, I'm
3: sure. I love hearing about your uh, your tour memories, JP. And um, I'm going to bring this up because you know there was a wee bit of controversy recently when Ian Bankier, club chairman, said that we might need him back when referring to Scott Brown, I think is doing a good enough job where he is Declan I'm going to come to you first because Orban Koolshe reckons he was the man of the match the other night Um, I mean what did you make of the a couple of things about that let's tie it into Celtic we're not talking about anybody else this is Celtic but Aberdeen does, did us a wee favour. They got a drop at Pitodre, and we have cut the gap to four points. And there was a bit of controversy around the fact that Rangers somehow got a player sent off by Kevin Clancy. And the last one, I believe, was sent off by Kevin Clancy as well, December of two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Um, so, what's your thoughts, uh, Bruni? That's just gamesmanship, isn't it? I mean, we need more of that in the game.
5: Yeah, I mean, you know, like many players at Celtic last year, I know he was a captain, but he had a. Very poor season, and um, mm. it wasn't nice the way he departed the club. I think, but they've all liked him to go out in a high. Um, like his predecessor, many a year did, and, and Billy McNeil, who I think only won two more major trophies in Scott Brown. So you know, Bruni is it to me that the second greatest Celtic captain that's ever been. Um, I like the one where he was counting up the trophies in the hand. I don't know if you've seen that um, photograph of him. He's got the ten fingers out. He must have done it twice, um, because he needs that. Um, you know that he was doing it with his toes um, but yeah it's just complete gamesmanship you could see that he's not you know the Scott Brown of 2017 at 18 by no means he's at that level anymore certainly slowing down I think the game when we were up there the, the one that Jota scored in the 84th minute um, I think he came off about 60 minutes obviously feeling something a bit tight Um, I don't think uh, you know Bankier It was one of those ones in the room I think when he says that oh let's bring him back I think Scott Brown's time is well and totally up at Celtic it would be nice if he goes and um, crafts a career in coaching and he's good enough to come back to Celtic as a coach, you know, don't be just giving him the job for the, the old pals act if he goes out and, you know, I think he's probably into the coaching a bit under Stephen Glass up there at Aberdeen, but it's it's also very good that we've got a side at Aberdeen in the league that's, that's given ourselves a game and Rangers a game again, you know there's been many a year under Derek McInnes that Aberdeen were just taking a roll over side, whereas. Well, as makes the league far more competitive when you've got players like Scott Brown and, and opposition teams that are, you know, giving you a game. You know, Tony Watts went to Dundee United. It, it mm. makes them stronger. You've got a character in there, Charlie Mulgrew. um another, you know, Hearts are in a, a good run of form just now. You know, we've got a better goalkeeper there at Scotland's number one in Gordon. So it improves the league. But um, on Bruni, yeah, good laugh the other night. And, um yeah, always worth a chuckle when you see him doing stuff like that. I think Aberdeen fans are getting why we love them so much because when he's in your team and he's doing that, it's brilliant.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, JP, it puts a wee bit of pressure on the league leaders and that's something that didn't happen last season.
4: No, not at all. And uh, Willie Miller actually on the radio the other day kind of alluded to the fact that the, the game the other night was a different game if it had been played when it was originally supposed to have been played with 500 fans. He just said, it's a completely different game. You know, how how do we know how it would have gone uh, in the other way? So there's been a few comments like that about the set of fixtures this week. Had they been played without the intervention of the 10 SPFL clubs to, you know, bring the the winter break forward, which has been proven right, you know. And there was so much, you know, uh, wailing and gnashing of teeth from... (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> that, that's reminding me of the Not The View mate coming away with that that's brilliant that's a 1987 reference
4: I oh, well yeah actually I can probably remember that I, I probably just looked at the pictures and Not The View at that time and read it but um, no nah, it, it was it was uh, it was enjoyable to see to see that and all that you know the scoreboard the other night was, was, was comedy gold I knew I knew within about 30 seconds of the first call that it was going to be on Tam Selleck's son and Twitter. <laughs> just, it was an absolute jimmy <laughs> for the guy, you know. Um, he was, in fact, he did actually tweet at the time, just going, this is amazing. And I was like, okay, well, give it a, an hour or something and he'll have something up. But uh, yeah, just this faux outrage at Scott Brown, Scott Brown referee in games and all this sort of stuff. I mean, I, he bought, yeah, he bought the file from, from Ryan Kent. I, he absolutely bought it. But you know, there's a clip down the rounds that hasn't been talked about by anybody of Alfredo Morelos rolling about about five times. He completes a a circle rolling about in the middle of the park after a tackle where he's not been touched, and they're all moaning about Scott Brown and everything else and unsporting, bringing the game into dis- dispute, dis- dispute and all that. And like, have you seen what the Ryan Kent celebration at Celtic Park with a gun to the head and the you know I mean, what's that if it's not you know uh, unsporting, or bringing the game into disrepute, or or Ryan Kent punching, or attempting to punch Scott Brown. You know, it's uh, Aye, uh, it's, it's it's bewildering, amusing, and yeah, I mean, it's 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 one game, it's it's a couple of points. Dropped. It, it just shows that that there's a chink in the armor there of this supposed uh, great side that we're up against. You lose a few players, it makes a hell of a difference. We lost a few players, a lot of players in the month of December and we got through it. As I said last week, I, I still thought it was amazing that we actually got the points that we did in December. Um and, you know, everybody was really downbeat and there was lots of uh, crazy tweaks after the St Mirren game. Uh, people like willing to chuck the towel in and all that. And you're like, wait, wait, wait a minute, this is not by any means done. Um, I think there's a lot more fight in the manager and and this team and there's a lot more hunger as well because we've shipped out the people that didn't want to be there, that wanted to bright lights, big city, elsewhere, money, all that. You know, fine, go and do it. We want guys here. As Postacoglu said, we want guys here that want to be here and that want to contribute. And uh, we've got them and we're getting more of them.
3: We are, and we're also getting a lot of the injuries back as well, you know, Julian, Forrest, Jotter all coming back into the squads, which is tremendous. Just uh, to finish off then, Declan, one big question about Alawa at the weekend is um, how do we play that in terms of resting players playing the full strength squad? Do you give some of the fringe guys game time? Is it too much of a risk to do that?
5: Um, I think, you know, the kind of hybrid balance probably of a team at Alawa, you know, bringing a guy like Ralston back in is a a no-brainer for me. Um, you know, possibly Stephen Welsh coming in there too to give him some game time. You know, Adiguchi maybe getting a start. And, uh, you know, again, it's going to, the, the surface is a bit of concern. It's a plastic pitch, isn't it, yeah. mm-hmm. Um So, you know, a guy like Julian who wasn't, you know, on the bench on, on Monday evening, if he was ready, I don't know if it's the kind of game that you'd like to, to take a risk with. So, I think a kind of hybrid type Celtic team, you know, keeping Callum McGregor in there, but maybe Put them a wee bit further forward for Adaguchi to come in, maybe Hatati in there. If you want to give Jota a run out, I'm sure he'd be okay. And probably Giacomakis as well. Um, but we don't want to burn out you know, Maeda too quickly. Um, and just, you know, a, a right balance, I think, is correct. Don't, by any means, make 10 changes to the team. Five or six, absolutely fine.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm always concerned with big, big changes when we go into a game, JP against uh, lower league opposition. Uh, well, we would never disrespect them, but we've seen it. Remember, Morton beat us at um, Celtic Park and yeah, we'd made, made game a
4: game. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not allowed to forget that because uh, Dave McGeehan at DF, uh, where I work, is a huge Green at Morton fan. And every 23rd of September or whatever it is, I get a text. Uh, Never forget. So, yeah, I'm always, I'm always reminded of that. And obviously, you know, remember the Inverness Cali game, being, uh, being there in the car park ready for the game and then being told that it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. Only for a week later, I'd moved to France and I phoned my dad from a phone box on Jean Medsan in Nice. And uh, I just said, uh, Dad, what was the score? And he went, uh, uh, Hold on, I'm just bringing up the teletext. And he's like, I'm sitting there, I'm in a phone box in Nice waiting. And then he's like, like Inverness Caledonian Thistle produce biggest Scottish crop stock. and I'm like, ah, no, no, <laughs> and, it, and I went, please tell me not. I am just going to the page, and then it was like obviously going to like three or two whatever, and then I'm, I'm standing there waiting, going, this can't be, maybe it's just an extra time or something like that. And then there he goes, uh, Inverness Caledonian Celtic one, Inverness Caledonian Thistle three, and I just dropped the phone. and I went, no, <laughs> this can't,
3: this can be. JP, JP, can I tell you something, right? you might not be able to remember it the date Declan what was the date of that game
5: my birthday the 8th of February 2000 that
3: was the day young Declan was born (laughs) 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 that was the day Declan was born honestly can you imagine the post-match reaction bulletin that night if um, a Celtic state of mind was up and running incredible (laughs) Being he did my old man on
5: for uh, the Queen Mother, going absolutely ballistic because I think he was okay. more annoyed it was missing the game, but it was all right after it because after the score. But hey
3: ho, there we go. It just shows you how old we are, JP. Listen, it's been a tremendous show once again. Thanks for getting involved there, Declan. Uh, joining JP and I on a Thursday for <laughs> Chat about faulty towers and cracker and various other things as well as Celtic. Um, thanks everybody for getting involved. We're 1100 strong in a live show there. It's always appreciated. And if you haven't done so already, get yourself onto the YouTube and subscribe for daily content content from Axom and other content like the unplugged sessions we were talking about earlier on, and a Scottish football show every night, the State of Scottish football, where we have a panel who support teams from all over the land talking about all things Scottish football. So thank you all for getting involved and and thank you Declan and GP Mason for joining me on a Celtic state of mind.